Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Fountain Church Podcast. Our prayer is that God speaks to you in a real and powerful way. So go ahead, grab your Bible, grab a notepad and your coffee, and let's dive in. We're in part two of a series entitled Feels. Uh, We're just in a season where we feel a lot of things. We're processing a lot of things. I've heard these phrases over and over and over. I just kind of feel like, doesn't it just feel like? And how many of you guys know that our feelings aren't always legit? Um, They don't always tell us the truth. And so we've got to be very careful that we uh, thank God for our feelings because they're great gauges, but we also want to proper and filter them uh, appropriately. Um, And so... I want to talk to you a little bit around this idea of say what? That's the title of the message. Say, look at your neighbor and say, say what? Look at your second choice and say, say what? Oh, let us pray. Father, in Jesus' name, as we dive into your word, I pray that you would transform us in a real way, Lord, that as we hear your word, that Holy Spirit, you would fill us today, that you would wash us. Lord, that you would cleanse and renew our minds and our hearts. So, Lord, we just want to posture our hearts right now to receive from you. And so, Lord, everything. We didn't just sing that song just to sing those songs. It's, no, if you want my heart, you got it. And we know you want our hearts, God. So we just surrender everything to you in this moment. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Well, I want to talk to you a little bit about words today. Because sometimes, uh, you ever heard somebody say, well, I just felt like saying it. Have you ever said that? Why'd you say that? I just felt like it. All right, we, we all at some point in our life have said something that we have regretted. And then at the very same token, we've also said some things that we're so glad we did. Because um, there's nothing like a word in season. But sometimes we can misunderstand one another, right? Yeah. Like somebody says, uh, somebody may, may holler out, hey, I'm really tired of you. You're like, what? What'd you say? Say what? And they said, yeah, I'm really tired, aren't you? You're like, oh, I thought you said, I thought you said something else. So sometimes we can misunderstood. Sometimes we can be misunderstood. Sometimes we can misunderstand. Sometimes we can be misunderstood. I, I'll never forget a story that I heard of a, of a husband and a wife. They were really having a hard time communicating. And the husband, he was just like, listen, something is wrong with your hearing because I talk to you all the time and you just don't talk back to me. So he's like, listen, can you please go to the doctor? He's our friend. I'm playing golf with him tomorrow. Like, just make an appointment. She refused. She's like, nothing's wrong with my hearing at all. I'm fine. End of story. So he goes golfing with the, the doctor the next day. He says, listen, my wife does not want to make an appointment with you and she, she can't hear me. And the doctor's like, what do, you, what do you mean she can't hear you? He said, literally, she just can't hear, like physically. So he said, well, let's do a test to see how bad the hearing is. So he said, get about 10 feet away from her and talk about something that you're familiar with. Hey, how was your day? No response. So he said, every time that you don't get a response, move two feet closer. So moves two feet. Hey, how was your day? No response. So he keeps going until he's one foot away. Finally, he says, how was your day? She said, it's been great. I've told you nine times. Some of you will get that as soon as you shut your car door. You're like, oh, got it. But but words matter. 
Words are extremely powerful. We can misunderstand them. They can be misconstrued. They can, they can add life. We've heard things like sticks and stones uh, won't break my bones. Sticks and stones can break my bones, but names will never hurt me. Normally we say that after somebody has hurt us. Like as a little kid, we're just wounded. And all of a sudden, sticks and stones will break my bones, right? As we're crying. I think it should go like this. Sticks and stones may break my bones and words can tear apart my soul and shape the future direction of my life. I think that's, that's the, the real version because it doesn't, it doesn't take long and it doesn't take many words to have an impact. Words are powerful. One word can start a war. Just one command. One word can destroy a marriage or a friendship. One word can get you fired or hired. Right? One word can salvage somebody's reputation or ruin it. Like words are powerful. So not just in a negative way, like one word can uplift the entire room. One word can shift the atmosphere of your heart. One word can encourage somebody that was discouraged. One word can bring hope. One truthful word can bring life and freedom. But I don't know if we think about our words as much as we do our feelings. I don't think we pay attention to our words sometimes as much as we do our feelings. So when we feel like it, many times what we feel like comes out, which is very biblical as we're going to see today. But we talk a lot. You guys know that we'll spend one fifth of our life talking. That is every single day on average. You can write a 50 page book with your words, with my words. If you were to take that over a year's time, that's 132 books of 200 pages each. That's a lot of words. And so, so I, want you, I, want you to think, I want you to think about something. When's the last time you really thought about what you were saying? Like when's the last time you thought about what's coming out of your mouth or what you're getting ready to say? You actually took some time. You thought clearly through it. You processed it. Now we, we talk a lot. Now this is just average. The average person will talk about one-fifth of their Life. Now, I think when we see, uh, we see throughout the scripture how powerful that words are, especially in light of Genesis going all the way back to the beginning that God created the heavens and the earth with his words. You know, the Bible speaks about our words and our speech over 179 times. That's, that's a lot. It's like the Lord saying, hey, um, just make sure you're reevaluating, make sure you're reevaluating, make sure you're reevaluating. So, so the message today is going to be very practical, but very deep. Don't mistake practicality or simple for a lack of depth. Because you don't want to ask yourself, do I know this? You want to ask yourself, am I living this? And so we're going to learn a little bit from, from the cow. Anybody ever, ever uh, seen or handled a cow tongue? It's very rough, very coarse, but it's super powerful. You know, the, the cows, cows don't have upper teeth because their tongue is so strong, it can tear the grass, push all the cud to its back molars, and chew. And you didn't think you could learn from a cow, but how many of you guys know that we have the ability to tear people up and chew them out with our words? Another fun fact about the cow's tongue is that the mom, as soon as the baby calf is born, she will use the tongue, her tongue, powerful tongue, to clean off all the birth until the calf is dry. Man, I, th I thought, man, isn't, isn't this crazy that, that you and I, we can create a mess or we can clean one 
all with our mouth. Right? Like, like, like think about this. Not only does the cow tongue dry the baby calf, but it promotes circulation, breathing, respiratory as the force of that tongue is pressed up against that baby calf. It's, it's, it's stirring up life on the inside. You and I have the ability to speak hope, to be a breath of fresh air uh, to people around us, or we also have the power to suffocate others around us and or be suffocated. Now, now communication is, is very mysterious with the cow. They're not very uh, expressive, if you would. So people that have been studying cows for long periods of time said, so we're, we're still not sure about communication with cows. But one thing they do know is this, is that they use their tongue to scratch each other's back. And it's one of the ways that they communicate. So, so get this in your mind. Like we can either scratch each other's back or we could stab each other in the back with our tongue. Now, this is probably the best part. You guys ready for this? You can also make tacos <laughs> with this tongue. It's called lengua. And so the point is this, you can either feed your relationships or you can starve them. And a big part of that is going to be determined by your communication, my communication. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21 says, the tongue can bring death or life. To those who love to talk will reap the consequences. So there is a sowing and a reaping with our words. Like we can create life or we can destroy it. We can heal or we can crush. We can build up or we can tear down. God created the heavens and the earth. With just his words, ex nihilo, out of nothingness, says that God created everything by his spoken word. God said, let there be and there was. Out of nothing he created with his words. And, and now the, the world is in perfect order still. Why? Because God says so. That you and I are breathing today because God says so. Like our world spins on a perfect axis, weighs septillions of tons, and nothing holds it up. Why? Because God says, I want you to stay. I want you to spin. I want you to breathe. I want you to live. You don't believe me? Writer Hebrews says it this way. The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. And so it shouldn't be a surprise to us that God has a design for our tongue. Like, like some of us, we need a license for our tongue. Like we, we need license and insurance. Like sometimes some of our mouths... Like literally, people should come up and say, do you have a license and insurance, please? Because you're causing a lot of damage. Right? I mean, it's, it's, it's important. James says, we, we learned a few months ago that James says that uh, the half-brother of Jesus, he says that our tongue is like the rudder of a ship. I mean, it has the, the ability to direct our life, our relationships, our career. It has the ability to shift perspective, give direction. Words spoken are powerful. So I want to unmask some of our words today. And so I want you to ask yourself, be honest too. I'm going to be honest today, but I want you to be honest. If you struggle in any of these areas, not just outside, but also inside. Like you may not say some things outside, but you say them inside. So I want you to, to just take a journey with me. Uh, what about name calling? All right, it sounds a little, it sounds a little childish, but... But a lot of times we cover up name calling with sarcasm. 
You know, James says, James, again, the half-brother of Jesus says, man, isn't it funny how one moment we're praising God with our lips and the next moment we're cursing men? And there's, there's, there's something unique about calling somebody a name. Why? Because calling somebody a name, you are exercising dominion and authority. Adam and Eve in the garden, the Lord said, hey, I want you to name all of the animals. Why? Because I've given you dominion and authority over them. And so whenever we call somebody a name, we're stepping into God's authority, into God's dominion, taking the reins into our own hands and ruling over that person as if we have the say. That's dangerous because we don't make good gods. And I can't tell you how many people that I've talked to, both young and young at heart, that I talk to on a regular basis that are still struggling with words that have been spoken over them since they were young. Some of them are struggling with words that have been spoken over them recently, but there's a grandstand. We all have a grandstand in our hearts and minds that every time we're going to make a decision, we hear a voice. And a lot of times it's not the Holy Spirit if we're not careful. We hear our father. We hear our mother. And sometimes that can be great. Sometimes it's not so good. We hear that person that wounded us over and over and over in school. Like we hear these words that have been spoken or maybe some words that we even have received that we were never meant to. It's, it's, it's a huge deal. Words are a big deal. What about harsh words? Woo, anybody just a little harsh? Maybe like, like your tone and, and, your, and your words are sharp, like you know the buttons to push and you're so good at it. Like you don't even really need to think much. You're boom. What's it? Like, you don't want to go to war with me. I love what Billy Graham said. Billy Graham said that profanity uh, is an effort of the feeble mind to express itself forcefully. Because I can't articulate my words the way that I should. I need to be harsh. I need to, and harsh just doesn't mean loud. It could be. It could be very soft and just, hmm. True story. I was, uh, I was yelling at my kids last night. I was yelling at my kids. I don't, I don't do that. I, actually, yelling is an exaggeration. I was raising my voice, right? So, because if I say yell, you guys are going to judge me. So I'm just going to say I was raising my voice. And uh, I, I don't, like, yell at my kids. The way you're thinking in your head, the way you do, I don't do that. Um, I know what you're thinking, but I don't do that. But, but we were trying to get our kids to go to sleep. And don't repeat these stories to my kids, all right? Don't, don't do it. Don't be like, oh, your dad told me a story. Don't do that. Let's keep it between us for, t- for now. Um, so, 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 so last night, my kids were trying to go to sleep. And, uh, and they were just being loud, loud, you know, just talking. And we're like, guys, you got to go to sleep. Like, we got church tomorrow. And so always just try to get them to bed early on Sunday. Well, they just kept getting up, getting out of bed. So we're like, okay. Like, getting ready to do some spankings, right? Um, and... No, yeah, encouragement. That's what it is. We don't spank our kids. We encourage them in a loving, gracious way. Um, I'm getting myself in trouble. I'm trying to be honest, so don't judge me because I'm trying to be honest today, right? And so so all all of a sudden, like two two girls are talking, and my other girl just starts, like, yelling. And I'm like, you need to be quiet and go to sleep. She's like, no, Dad, somebody's at the door. And you know what my first thought is? All the windows are open. You ever have those moments? Did they hear me? So go out, all the windows wide open. And I look on, and it was my, it was my birthday yesterday. Thank you for all the birthday love, by the way. Uh, I haven't been able to respond to everybody on social media, but I will today. Thank you. Love you. 
But, uh, but there was a little gift, and I'm like, oh, no. Like, here I am. Like. And so it was Pastor James, so I was like, praise God. <laughs> I was like, bro, did you hear me yelling at my kids? He's like, do it. I didn't hear a thing. It was silent. See, he didn't hear anything. It's he say, she say stuff. But, but, but you know, I just knew, and I had to go back to repent to my kids, not because I was yelling at them, but just because my tone. My tone was a little aggressive for, for the, the context, all right? And so, so, so there, there's moments where we can, we can be harsh. What about exaggerating? Exaggerating words. Anybody, uh, are you that one that, that says, uh, oh, you always? Oh, I never. Always, never, always, never. Right, and, and there's, there's times that we have all stretched the truth. Can I just tell you, if you're married, and you try to stretch the truth in front of your spouse, like they know what you're doing. They're like, that's not how it happened. Like, what are you talking about? Just a little food for thought. Uh, what about lying words? Proverbs chapter 25, 14, verse 25 says that a truthful witness saves lives, but a false witness is deceitful. It's amazing how words can shape our perspective. I was, I was uh, visiting somebody at the hospital, and, um, and when I was coming out, you never know. If you just start talking to people, just like, hey, be kind, like, hey, how are you? Hey, great to see you. You just never know the opportunities and the conversations that you're going to have. And so I think it was with one of the nurses. We we're coming down the same uh, elevator. We're walking, she was leaving, and we just started striking up a conversation, found out I'm a chaplain or I'm a, I'm a pastor. And so we just started talking. She's like, you know, I got to tell you this story. She said, I grew up hating white people. I was like, tell me more. <laughs> she's, like, she's like, in the religion I was in, white people were the devil. She's like, it was so bad that I would throw rocks at white people. My mom would be like, why are you doing that? She's like, they're the devil. I thought you guys told me like they're the devil. And so she said she, her, she was invited by a friend to a church. and It was like a 1,000 white people. She's like, oh, my gosh, this is the devil's church. <laughs> Right? So she says she's getting ready to make a beeline out, and somebody grabbed her and said, Oh my goodness, I'm so glad you're here today. It's Friends and Family Day. Would you sit with us? We're so grateful that you're here. And at that moment, she said, Just those few words completely shifted everything. She gave her life to Jesus that day. Life forever changed. Following Jesus, like involved in ministry and all that stuff. Just a few words. Hey, I'm so glad you're here today. Can I just tell you, we always like to say the gospel needs to be preached from the street to the greet to the seat. Because if somebody experiences something other than Jesus in the parking lot, they're not going to care what I have to say. But I'm just saying, just a little, just a little words, just a few words can shift so much. What about gossip? Anybody struggle with gossip? Proverbs chapter 20, verse 19 says, says it's super clear that a gossip betrays a confidence. So avoid anyone who talks too much. You know what I love about that is it just doesn't address the gossip, it addresses the recipient. Because gossip is a, it's on a, um, what do you call it? It's on a uh, uh, supply and demand basis, right? If there's no demand for it, then the supply kind of runs out. We like to always say around here, we're a gossip-free church, so don't be offended if somebody lovingly pastors you if you're gossiping. Like somebody may just say, hey, man, I, I hear it, man, it sounds like there's a lot going on. Man, have you talked to that person? No, you know, I'm just, okay, well, well listen, let me, let me just let you know, that's just not who we are here. And that's not God's best for your life. So if you get past like that, don't, don't take offense. They're just trying to point you to God's best. 
Like, hey, maybe, maybe I can help you with how you frame it or, you know, or maybe I can help you with that side of having the conversation. So you don't need to be rude and mean if somebody's talking to you. You just need to pastor them a little bit. Help them understand that, man, that's just, that's not God's best for their life. Because the truth of the matter is gossip, really the issue isn't gossip. I think the real issue is fear. I'm afraid to talk to you. I'm afraid of your response. I'm afraid of what you might say. I'm afraid of how it'll be received. I'm afraid, I'm afraid, I'm afraid, I'm afraid. So then I'm just gonna talk to everybody around you because I'm gonna try to build my case and make me feel not afraid and make me feel more secure. And, and then what happens to the recipient? They're like, man, I better listen to you and I better accept what you're saying because if not, you may talk about me. So I'm afraid, so I'm gonna kind of give you my ear a little bit. So, and, then the Satan, and then Satan just kind of sits back like, perfect, you guys are both in bondage. We're, we're having a great Sunday. Like, like this, this is awesome. And so, so gossip, many times, it will keep you in bondage to fear. It's a great sign of something happening inside of your heart. Um, we have the bragger. Anybody a bragger in here? Yeah, so the bragger should be like, yeah, that's me. Um, we got braggers with boundaries in Fountain, right? Uh, but, but the bragger's kind of like, hey, I just want to always talk about myself. I'm amazing. I'm awesome. And I'll never tell you that because it's the wrong thing to say, but I'm just going to really paint a great picture of how awesome I am. And then, and then uh, you know, you, after a while, it just kind of gets old. Bragging will hurt your relationships, like big time. Um, if you ever want to know how to navigate a relationship or maybe an awkward moment, um, don't start by talking about yourself. Start by talking about them. So if you're ever in an awkward, awkward moment with somebody and you're not really sure, like, hey, what are you going to say? I'm not really sure. You're not saying anything. I'm not. Just start talking about them. Hey, uh, man, tell me about. And then people love talking about themselves. They're like, oh, yeah. So if you ever get stuck, just a little word for the wise, right? But bragging is not beneficial. What about critical? Just going to go through a couple more here, uh, including sarcasm. Anybody sarcastic in the house? Some of you are like, no. <laughs> but Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29 says it this way. Do not let any unwholesome talk come from your mouths, but only what is helpful, building others up, ready, according to their needs. Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is building up for others according to their needs. So, so, so what is Paul saying? Paul's saying, men, in the conversation, get off yourself. Because it's so easy to be critical at somebody else. It's so easy to point out the speck or the, the log in their eye when, or the speck in their eye when you have the log in yours. But, but I, I want you guys to see the, that Paul puts the focus on the one listening as the beneficiary. He says, no, no, I want you to speak. Don't let any unwholesome, sarcastic stuff come from your mouth. You want to build people up according to what they need. Like, you need to pay attention to people. You need to know, like, man, what do they need? What are they saying? What is really, you know, what are they trying to express? Paul's like, I want you to get down. There, there's a little corny exercise that, that I would do with couples or uh, individuals that are struggling, families. And I would say, hey, why don't you go home and every single day write down something you love about that person? Now, it sounds for some of you guys like, yeah, that's all right. I, I, many people don't ever do it. But I always ask them, I said, how often do you do that? How often do you let others know what you love about them? And the, the answer is unanimously across the board a lot of the times, not very often, not as much as I am critical and so I'm always like, we're always telling each other what's wrong with each other, but we're never in telling each other what's right. So I said, what if you just argued from 
a different platform. You, you're arguing from criticism. What if you just argued from what you love? Like, like, could you imagine? I'm not against arguing. We just want to argue right. We want to argue fair, right? And we want to get to the bottom of things. But could you imagine if you're just like, you're such a blessing. It's annoying, but I love you so much because you're so kind. Like, that's exactly what would happen. And you guys would start laughing. And it would be like, oh, my goodness, we probably just made a mountain out of a molehill. But, but how critical are you? Is unwholesome talk coming from your mouth? Or are you thinking about what's going to build up and edify the other according to their needs? Do you know people that deep? And then there's the keep it real mouth. Tell the truth, shame the devil. Right? Just, I'm just going to keep it real. I'm just going to tell the truth. You ready for this? Like key Key verse for this, this whole message. Only a fool vents all his feelings. But a lot of times that's what it is. Our feelings are this, this whatever we feel, we, we let fly. Paul said, don't do that. Or uh, Proverbs, Solomon says, don't do that. He says, no, 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 no. Only a fool vents all of his feelings. And so, so let, me, let me say this, the truth can set you free. Truth is, it's absolutely important to tell the truth. But can I set you free in another way? Is that God hasn't called you to tell all truth, but just make sure what's coming out of your mouth is truth. Like he's not called you to point out everything that's true in a conversation. Because that, that, that might be detrimental. I mean, and you, there's a lot of things to, to consider so you don't have to declare all truth. Just make sure that what you are saying is true. Because I see people all the time fighting with Scripture. You guys ever see people on Facebook and social media just going to bat with each other? And what they're saying is true, but, man, it's not being received very well. Like, what they're declaring is right, but it's just a mess. Like, you're going to beat somebody up with a Scripture? Like, yeah, expose lies, do all of that, but make sure that you're like letting scripture be your funnel of how you're playing tennis. <laughs> do you know, you don't play tennis like with a regular, like bam. It's just hard to have a conversation over social media. It's just tough. You have to have a, a real conversation. Just say, hey, can you private message me and can we get on the phone and talk? So much better than just going to war. So when it comes to, to conversations, our words need to be honest, not deceptive. So we talked about, a little about what they're not supposed to be. Let's, let's talk about what they're supposed to be. Meaning you can say something technically true, but deceive people. Yeah. You ever done that? Well, technically, it's technically true. Technically speaking, it's, I mean, so many things have been based on technicalities that, that they're deceptive. Yeah. And then people find out later, and what does it do? It blows up the relationship. Satan approaches Jesus. Jesus is on top of the temple, and Satan says, you know, technically the psalm says that if you throw yourself off, that God will send his angels concerning you, that you won't even strike your foot against the stone. So technically, Jesus, and Jesus is like, what? Like, who are you trying to fool? So technically, you can still be giving the truth, but deception is behind it. An honest witness tells the truth, but a false witness tells lies. You want to know why this is so important? Is because when we deceive someone, you know what we're denying them the right to? We're denying them the right to reality, to know what's real. And what does that do? It, it, it destroys relationship. Yeah. It destroys community. And, it, and it, it makes it really hard to make a decision in the relationship. Yeah. Or, or together at whatever you guys need to, 
to make a decision on why. Because you're not basing your decisions on reality, and that's normally what we base our decisions on. What is real? What is true? And so if we keep reality from people, it becomes really hard to make great decisions in our relationships. And that's why advertisement comes up on the screen and we're like, huh, I'm not sure. Can I trust it? Because I've been burned before. Like we all, we all have that feeling. Uh, anybody ever order something online and you get it, you're like, what? We got two boxes in our garage right now because this is not that. Technically it is. But it looks nothing like that. Just horrible. You know, Jackie and I, we, we have this, uh, this core value in our marriage. We've said it a thousand times. I'm going to tell you a thousand times more because it's great. And that's that we never punish each other for being honest. Why? Because if, if, if we can be honest, we can get to reality. If we can get to reality, we can make great decisions for our relationship, for our family, for our home, for our church. And so honesty is huge. It's huge. Um, what about uh, letting our words, our words need to be gentle and kind. Everybody say, aw. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 15 says this, that a gentle tongue can break a bone. Like what? A lot of times when we think about gentleness, we, think, we just kind of think soft. Let's go around about to try to get to the point. No, it's, it's actually the opposite as the Bible talks about it. Like gentleness, a gentle word can break a bone. How do you break a bone? Because you're getting like right to the heart of things. One person said it like this, to break a bone is to break down the most hardened resistance to an idea that a person may possess. It's, it's very strategic and pointed. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. So a gentle word, man, it it's definitely has the ability to to, you know, settle down the conflict, but it doesn't mean that it's not specific. Are you with me on that? Gentle words are a tree of life and a deceitful tongue. It crushes the spirit. So, so listen, a gentle word, it's going to offer some life, but sometimes to offer some life, it, there has to be a clear pointed conversation. So sometimes gentleness is confrontational. It's contradictory to what the person wants to hear. It's right on target. It's bone-crushing clear. But the motivation is love. The motivation is not to win the battle, but to win the heart, to win the person. The motivation is not to try to belittle or anything like that. It's saying, no, I want God's very best for you. I want God's best for you. And this is, how, this is how it turns away wrath because when that person sees that your motivation, your heart, your tone, your voice, everything inside of you is aching because you love this person so much. And it's so hard for you to deliver maybe something that they don't want to hear, but it's so necessary that they need to. When they see that it's painful for you, many times they'll listen. If they know that your heart is for them. Are, are you guys tracking with me on that? And so gentle word, it's, it's, it's persuasive. But sarcasm, harshness, man, what does it do? It, it, you'll win the battle, but you'll lose the war. We got to make sure that our words are gentle and kind. We also want to make sure that our words are wise, that they need to be wise. Like know the, the relational equity, know the, your boundaries, of the person that you're talking to. Like, is, is, are these words fit for this moment? Are they, are, they gonna, are they gonna speak to the person? Is the timing right? How many of you guys know you can say the right thing in the wrong time and it's all bad? And so, so I, love, I love this passage, two passages 
Proverbs 10, 32 says, the lips of the righteous know what finds favor. Meaning they're just taking the time to say, all right, let's really examine this. What's, what, what's, how do I really, what's going to speak to them? Like, what's the truth? What's God's best? But how am I going to go about this? Like, they're just giving a lot of thought. And then it says, an honest answer is like a kiss on the lips. Now, a lot of times, this, this just kind of thinks like, oh, it just means that, like, they connected. And it was, you know, maybe it was a word that, that was in season, and so it resonated with them. But, but this, this ancient culture reveals something totally different in regards to this, this passage. A lot of times, depending on what rank you were, you would greet each other with a kiss. And depending on your rank would determine what type of kiss that was. If you were of equal rank, it may be on the lips. If you were a little bit less than, it may be on the cheek. And then if your rank was completely different, you would bow down. And so, so you can see how much Solomon is saying, I want you to deeply think about your conversations. Like you need to know and think through and understand that this is vital. This is important. You need to know how to move. You need to know how to find the lips. You need to know when it's time to bow. You need to know when it's time for the cheek. Because, I mean, depending on how we grew up, many times, uh, you guys have heard of the five love languages. Uh, Many times the way that we love uh, is the way that we've been loved. But that's not always necessarily the way the person receives it. And many times it's the same way with communication. We communicate based on how we grew up communicating. So some people, if they're a little bit more like non-confrontational or maybe a little passive, they may be speaking, but they're not saying much. Are you with me on that? So they're like, they're so upset at you and they're like, yeah, fine. No. Maybe give you the silent treatment. And the other person's like, what, 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 are, you, what are you trying to say? What, what's wrong with you? Right? Are you all right? Good. Fine. And then just little things that they're trying to communicate, but, but they're really not. And then the other who may have grown up a little bit more charismatic, you know, they're just very expressive. So it could be even harsh, like, I don't want to be your friend anymore if that's the case. And so then they show up, they like never call, like, why didn't you call me? Well, you told me you didn't want to be my friend. I just, no, I didn't mean that. I'm just, we're just talking. And then on the other side, it'd be like, well, well, I told you a thousand times. You're like, you didn't tell me anything. I did. Like every grunt, every, uh, uh, no. Didn't you see my tone? Didn't you see how, I, no, I didn't. And so, so a lot of times communication just gets disrupted on, to, to such a degree that we don't know how to find each other's lips. And so the last one is this, is we need to, to be direct in our combo. Meaning we just, there, there's times, listen, we need to get comfortable with critical conversations. I, I was talking with somebody after service. They're like, man, it's just so true. You know, 99% of the conversation, 99.9% of the conversation that you were afraid to talk to or about with is going to end well and probably better than it was before. But the devil lives in the realm of assumption and just keeps you at bay, keeps you at a distance. Like, no, I'm really not going to do that. No, they're going to think this or they're going to. It's like, no, get, get comfortable. There's always that 1% that, hey, it's not going to work. But at least you tried. At least you said, man, God, I'm going to put my best before. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be direct. But being direct um, does mean being economical, too. I mean, you don't have to be direct about everything. Bam, 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 bam. It's like, whoa. 
The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 10, verse 19, that where there are many words, sin is not absent. Take that from the preacher. Uh, Proverbs 10, 18, the, the one who conceals hatred has lying lips, and whoever uses slander is a fool. Meaning this, if you're concealing stuff that you need to be direct about, then the issue's with you. It's on the inside of you. And so, so, so I, I want you to get this picture. Now, if, I, if we just stop right here, if we just stop right here, you're all going to go home and work really, really hard to try to figure out life. I'm going to try really, really hard to communicate. Okay, I'm going to try to be kind. I'm going to try to be more gentle. Or at least I can break bones with being gentle. You, you know, um, when, when it comes to, to, to being direct or when it comes to breaking bones, you, you know, as a kid, I used to break windows when I was a kid. And... And so Statue of Limitations, you can't, it's, it's, it's over. But like, we would just do stuff. You, you can break a window with a hammer, or you can get this little piece of the spark plug. You break that spark plug, a little plastic piece, super small, you just, and pff, I don't know if it's a chemical reaction or what it is, but it's just so much easier. And so sometimes when you're gentle and direct, it's like that's just a subtle, like you're going to have a huge accomplishment but it's just not going to feel like a hammer hitting somebody. You, you guys with me on that? Still going to break stuff down. But, but I, I don't want you to go home and just try really, really hard today. Because that doesn't work. That's called behavior modification. What God is interested in is, is heart transformation. And so a lot of times when I'm sitting down with couples, I'm like, your issue is not communication. You're starting in the wrong place. The issue is, is what's happening on the inside of you. The reason why you respond the way you do because everything is personal. You know, people have asked me, Pastor Matt, how do you stay, how do you pastor people on all different spectrums in this culture that we're living in from politics and all these different things? I say, well, number one, I just keep the gospel out in front as my filter. And I don't take anything personal. Like I'm trying to pastor people. I'm less focused on, on me. I'm more focused on them. How am I going to move them closer to God and closer to others in this crazy season of life? But a lot of times when our heart is wounded, there are some people it's hard. Everything feels personal. For some of us, God has given us a voice that he wants us to open more. But because we've been wounded, we don't share when we need to. And the enemy has silenced your voice. So it's not just understanding when to speak or when not to speak. It's also knowing when to speak. Because a word in season can change the game for somebody. So I, I want to offer you three things to, to, go with G, to, to go and be with Jesus. Jesus came to this conclusion. We see Solomon came to this conclusion um, because this is the truth, is that, that a good tree cannot produce bad fruit. A bad tree cannot produce bad fruit. Let me say it like this. A heart that's filled with Christ and with the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, it's going to, be, it's going to affect communication. And so that's where you hear in, in, in Luke's gospel where Jesus says, hey, it's, it's out of the abundance of the heart that the mouth speaks. So communication doesn't start with the mouth. It starts with the heart. What we feel, we let fly. And the Lord says, okay, well, we, we got to change what's happening on the inside and shift that. And so I, I, let me just offer you three simple things. Nothing, there's no rocket science today. Just simple things. I don't want you to ask, do you know this? I want you to ask, are you living it? Number one is just to pause. Acts chapter 1, verse 4 says, Don't leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father has promised, the Holy Spirit, we talked about a couple weeks ago, which you have heard me speak about. 
You know, if you think about wait before you speak, it just if you were to break down that word, it's just simply, why am I talking? If you just ask yourself, why am I talking right now? I, 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 just, I just may need to wait because God many times wants to do something in us before he wants to do something through us. And so if we just wait, all of a sudden, it, it simply means to cool your heels to slow down, to pause, to reflect deeply. The psalmist says it like this. Every time the psalmist would, would just drop a nugget of truth, the psalmist would say, Selah, meaning just sit and ponder and reflect and ruminate. Chew on that. Spit it out again. Chew on it some more. Like, just sit for a minute. James, the half-brother of Jesus, says, be slow to speak, quick to listen, and slow to get angry. But because we're so quick to get angry, we don't listen and we just speak. Why? It's, it's not a, a communication issue. It's, it comes back to what's happening on the inside of us. Some of us, we just want to win the argument. Why? There's an idol behind that. Because you need to win the argument to feel important, to feel valuable. To, so there's something in your life that has replaced Jesus as your God. Like I just, I, there's just no, I, you know, there are so many people that are like, Pastor Matt, I would bow down all day if I can get that relationship back. All day, I, I would lose every battle, but I just needed so badly to win. So what, what if we just pause and ask the Lord to help us respond rather than react? Just wait. Second one is pray. You're like, yeah, yeah. But how often do you pray before your conversations? Listen, let me, let me, let me change it. How often do you pray not about what you're going to say? But how often do you pray for the other person? So many times you're like, Lord, what am I going to say? How am I going to say it? God, let me say the right thing. How about you just pray, Lord, what is their needs? God, show me your heart for them. One of the things that prayer does in conversations is this, it, it's, it, it can be a critical conversation or, or a word in season that they just need to hear. Something, you know, that's going to encourage their soul. Either way, it's important to ask the Lord, God, what do you, what do you think about them? What are you thinking about them right now? changes your heart towards that person. I've seen this happen so many different times. People will come to me and, and they'll want counseling. I'll say, that's cool, but spend 30 minutes of prayer in prayer before we meet. And do you know that sometimes we don't even need to meet after that? It's because the Lord really wants to speak to you. That's what freedom's all about. Freedom is not like you're gonna come to this event and it's just like, you know, fountain has something to offer you. No, we're just facilitating the great exchange. I'm trying to help you here from heaven, hear the Lord, because he wants to speak to you. As we invite him into these areas, there was a girl on, on Facebook. She reached out to us not too long ago, and she said, man, Pastor Matt, or she was, I think she messaged Jackie, and she said, man, Pastor Jackie, I, I, I'm so grateful for Pastor Matt sharing his testimony. Like 15 years ago, I'm at Hillsong College now. I'm in ministry. It changed my life that night. I, I don't remember that. But I do remember it. I always, before I take the platform, Lord, I want to say what you want me to say. Show me what to say. Show me what they need. And I'm open, Lord, if you want to move me on the journey. So ask the Lord, like, well, how do you want me to approach this? What is going on on the inside of their heart? He who lacks wisdom, let him ask. And then lastly is this. Oh, actually, let me go back. It says this, they all join together constantly in prayer, along with the other women, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. So there was prayer. And then lastly, it's his presence. We need his presence. 
You know how sometimes you'll respond differently or you'll speak differently when people are around? Because presence changes things. There's something very powerful when we realize that as followers of Jesus, that man, it's the spirit of God that dwells on the inside of us, that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And, and I want you to catch something today. It says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of violent wind came from heaven, filled the whole house They were sitting where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire. We talked about that a few weeks ago. Came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. We talked about how this was the reverse of Babel. Remember how we talked about that? When, when the Lord confused the language of the people, everything was misunderstanding. But here now, these guys are declaring a perfect word of praise on the outside. Why? Because there was a filling on the inside. And so, so I, I want you to get this in principle. We're, we're talking about, this is talking about Pentecost and, and we talked about what it looks like to be filled with the Holy Spirit. But I want you to just take this posture that we said Ephesians chapter five, Paul said, be being filled with the Spirit, a continuum. So remember, it, it's not about what comes out of our mouth first. It's about what's filling our heart because what's filling our heart is gonna change the way that we speak. So we said how the Lord healed. This was the reversal of Babel. Now these guys are, are declaring a perfect word from the outside because they're filled on the inside. Everybody heard them praising God in their own language. The presence of Jesus, the presence of the Holy Spirit in our life changes everything. And what was so misunderstood all of a sudden becomes crystal clear. John chapter 7 says that Jesus, every word that Jesus spoke was truth. Jesus didn't speak unnecessary words. He is the ultimate word. Hebrews chapter one says he is the alpha, the omega. He's the first and the last. He's the beginning and the end. He is the entire alphabet. He's the only word that will ultimately satisfy our life. The only word that you and I so desperately crave and need to be filled with that will transform the way that we speak, the way that we engage with him, with ourselves, with the world, in our relationships. We need him. Are you with me on that? So a lot of times we want to start with behavior. We got to start with the heart. And because we need him, we have to let him into every chamber. You got to go deeper with him. What does that mean? Sometimes it just means by letting him in and deal with the most deep thing that you don't want to touch. Letting him into that space that you don't want to admit. He already knows. And it'll begin to change everything around you. But I want to leave you with this. Is that was only possible, ladies and gentlemen. It's only possible because of the cross. Like our heart can only be, only be changed and our, our lives and our communication forever be impacted because of the cross. When we deserve the silent treatment from God, he got the ultimate silent treatment. It said very clearly, my father, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Maybe another translation might read like this. Why are you talking to me? the ultimate silent treatment so you and I could receive the words of the Father that says, my beloved daughter, my beloved son, in you I am well pleased. Not because you're awesome, but because of my son filled with my spirit. Now all of a sudden, our tongues that used to make such a mess can bring so much life because we got what we didn't deserve. We can easily easily or more effectively not give others what they may deserve. Let me pray for us. Father, as we, as we end our time together, I just ask God that you would reveal the areas of our heart that's affecting our communication. 
Some of us, we, we talk too much. Some of us, we don't want to talk about real things. Some of us, our conversations are very shallow and surface. Some of us, they're misunderstood. Some of us, they're all over the place. And then some of us, and Lord, we may just be in a great season where our words are life-giving and encouraging, but we all have our moments. I pray you teach us to pause, teach us to pray as you've instructed us, God. And Holy Spirit, may we just be ever so mindful of the access that we have because of the blood of Jesus access to the throne of grace, access to the greatest well in all of history, and a relationship with you that you would lead us into all truth, starting with ourselves, and then that we would be able to speak in a way that brings glory to you and life to others. Lord, I pray that you'd bring healing where there's been wounds. I pray that you would do what only you can do inside of our hearts. That God, as our heart flows, so would our mouth. So change our hearts today. Reveal those areas that we need to give you access to. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. 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 Can we give the Lord a big hand? Thanks again for joining us here at Fountain Church. For more details on how to get connected, visit us at fountainchurch.cc. We're also on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. We'll see you next time.